The Breakdown Politics with Mercer Prescott and his band of eclectic cronies telling you what you need to know regarding politics breaking it down politics Welcome to another episode of Politrix with myself, Mercer Prescott, and my band of eclectic cronies. You know, I, I, it sounds weird when I say my band. <laughs> it does. It does. It does sound weird first person. It always sounds better when Blue says it. Blue's going to be popping in and out here. Uh, he's got a... Uh, allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. Because he's got, uh, you know, Blue's out here in these streets in a good way, helping people. So he'll be, yeah. he'll be popping in and out. Uh, Odie's going to be running the show tonight. Thanks you so much, Odie. Yeah, no problem. And then Ricard is, Ricard's around here someplace. <laughs> hey, what's so, up, what's up? <laughs> so he may pop in from time to time himself. So we're gonna, we got a lot to talk about, so we're gonna go ahead and get started now. Yeah, you so, I, I, I wanna talk about my secret girlfriend, AOC, who I've been mad at lately a little bit. Not anything that she's done, like, as far as her, uh, her core values have always been the same. They've never changed. My concerns with AOC has basically been, we felt like she was kind of straying away from not her own progressive values, that's never changed, but trying to merge with the with the system, trying to be an insider instead of an outsider, and we just felt like she's not gonna get stuff done that way because that's what Pelosi wants. Pelosi doesn't want her going against the corporate Democrats. She wants her part of the system and using her powers to further their goals, which are not our goals. You understand? So that was my concern with AOC. But AOC actually, uh, she threw me a curveball in a good way. And she will put it like this. Uh, there is a gentleman, a, a rep out of uh, New York City called uh, Elliot Engel. And I'm not gonna lie, I'm not as deep into New York politics as I should be, even though I'm from New York. Elliot Engel, uh, He's a rep. He used to be a rep for the 16th District of New York from 1989 to 1993. Okay, we're 16th District. <clears throat> what what borough is that? Is that like, like yes, where is that? That's, that's actually uh, that's actually a little bit further upstate, just south of Albany. So that's more like oh, the, yeah, the, that's the, 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 the Catskills and stuff like that. Okay. Currently, his district is basically about 60% white, 10% black, and the rest is mixed between Asians, Hispanics, and there's actually some Native Americans in there, okay? Engel has not had, he's been, like I said, he's been doing this for almost 30 years. He hasn't had an actual primary challenger in 20 years, but now he's facing up against Jamal Bowman. So Bowman is a local educator who is looking to unseat him. So Bowman is basically, I don't want to say a carbon copy of AOC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But as far as like the playbook goes, as far as like how he, um, yeah, like like the path that he's forging, I get yes, it. Sir. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So Engel has become so comfortable as a corporate Democrat that he got caught on a hot mic saying something really stupid the other day. They had an event for George Floyd in New York and Engel was on a hot mic asking to be put ahead of other speakers at the event because he wanted to leave early, right? Uh, so when he, 
So when when he was denied, to, you know, because they were saying, you know, we got a lot of speakers, we already got the order set. He said this twice. He said that if he wasn't being primaried, he wouldn't even be there. Mm-hmm. And the guy, and, and then when he said that, the guy said, hey, "Excuse me, say that again." And then he just said it again. Yeah, if I wasn't being primary, double down. He doubled down. He said, "If I wasn't being primary, I wouldn't be here." You know, the crazy part is like I um, like like it, it's weird. Like the mask really is becoming is coming off. Like mask off. If if twenty twenty had the theme song, mask off would be it for real, for real. Because the man behind the curtains being revealed, we're starting to hear people's what were formerly their private thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially like with the fallouts from the protests and people's businesses getting shut down because it's like fuck that guy that guy is racist like the cancel culture is so swift and quick and it's like oh really that's how you feel get your ass up out of here like that's that's the energy we on for 2020 like pop mina said uh 2020 clear vision and that could not like our eyes are being opened the fuck up yes absolutely now a few days ago, AOC endorsed Engel's opponent, Jamal Bowman. And Engel made a video where he had, he had himself a little meltdown. So this is what he said in his little meltdown. He said, this is not a dictatorship. This is a democracy. We shouldn't have one person from on high, even though she's a colleague of mine, talking about AOC, think that she can anoint whoever is elected. That's not no, what democracy is doing. Huh? This is just not what she's doing. Yeah. But that's that's funny that you feel that way. Right, exactly. He said, that's not what democracy is all about. And then he goes into his whole little Fredo speech. He said, I'm tried and true. I've been there. I've worked hard. I've done things for people. I served a two-year term, and I asked the people for a renewal of my contract. He may as well be... What been... have you done for me lately? Well, here's the thing. Ooh, Donald Trump, ooh, right? Yeah. Even if... He lies and takes credit for other people's work or takes credit for things that he has no control over. He'll still come out and say, I did this, I did that. But he's on video and he's basically like, like I've done things. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, oh, hold on. Sorry about that. I went to go turn the sound of my phone off and then I had a video on uh I may give it a quick blurb today if we have time, but it, it kind of pissed me off. But anyway, um, but, but Engel shook, you know, he's he's really shook now because now he's getting those whole uh, Joe Crowley vibes. So Joe Crowley is the uh, the multi-decade incumbent that AOC unseated, right? Because now this race is tight. You know, this is not just, um, okay, I'm going to beat up on this guy the way AOC is going to beat up on Bizarro AOC. Whatever her, I, I forgot her name. That's how unimportant she is. The uh, the corporate Democrat who's running, who's trying to primary AOC, and they just figured, oh, she's a Hispanic lady with three names. Oh, she'll be perfect to run against AOC, even though she is basically. If you saw that the establishment had a laboratory where they were cloning people, then you'd be like, oh, that's where Bizarro AOC came from. <laughs> because, and I really can't remember her name. That's how unimportant she is. But this is a tight race right now. So Bowman's getting a lot of steam. And then to toss a drowning man on anchor, two things happened today, which is what maybe you want to talk about today. Uh, after work, I was uh, getting ready to do some last minute revisions before the show. And I found out that AO, that, uh, that Bernie Sanders had just endorsed Jamal Bowman. And then to make it worse for, uh, for Engel, 
Chuck Schumer uh, has held off on endorsing him. This is from uh, this is from Politico. In battle, New York rep Elliot Engel claims Chuck Schumer supports him, but Schumer isn't on the same page. Engel, who is facing a tough pri- who is facing a tough primary, claims on his campaign website that the Senate Senate Minority Leader backs his re-election campaign. But Schumer said Tuesday he has not yes he has not yet endorsed the congressman. He said, I haven't endorsed in that race, Schumer told reporters. I'm busy with Senate races. But when he asked whether he planned to endorse Engel, Schumer, who endorsed Engel in previous election cycles, reiterated that he's focused on the Senate at the moment. Engel's campaign did not immediately respond to a request for comment. So basically, Chuck Schumer is doing all of washing my hands and the whole thing, let the chips fall where they may. You know what it kind of reminds me of? You ever watch a movie called Payback with Mel Gibson? I don't think so. Uh, Mel Gibson, well, the uh, the antagonist was a dude named, um, God, I'm trying to remember his name, but he worked for these mobsters, and these mobsters uh, had a hotel called the uh, Oakwood Arms, where all the mobsters used to hang out, and Mel Gibson roughed up the, uh, the, uh, the antagonist there. So now he's talking to uh, his boss, and his boss basically was like, look, if you can handle this on your own, you can come back. But in the meantime, you got to move out because you're bringing too much heat. But if you can handle this on your own, you can come back. That's basically what they're doing to, 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 to Engel right now. They're like, look, uh, you got to do this on your own. If you do this on your own, you can come back and we'll support you again. But uh, you done fucked up, kid. You're on hot mic saying dumb shit. And right now we can't really, you know, we can't really insulate against that, against that type of heat. So you're on your own. This is what I, I wanted from AOC all the time. And Bernie Sanders, too. And Bernie Sanders shares that criticism, too, because there were plenty of progressives who AOC and Bernie did not really come out and support. Okay, they can't support everybody. That's basically the truth, okay? Right, because there's but, not enough reps yeah. to match the availability, yeah. Yeah. But this is somebody who's in, the, in a borough right next to AOC's, you know? Uh, close enough. I think AOC is like fourteenth district or something like that, and Angle's like sixteenth or something like that. So they're like right next to each other. So they're colleagues. They work together. But a shitty politician is a shitty politician, and you just have to know. Like, here's my thing about primarying people in your own party, right? If you were doing things for the people, but it wasn't things that concern me, so long as somebody's being helped, I can wait my turn. So put it like this. I'm single, I don't have kids, right? So if, let's just say Engel was all about uh, universal pre-K and uh, free college tuition or something like that, right? That's not really helping me at the moment, but it's helping people. I can still stand by that. Hell, I'll even vote for you. But Engel ain't doing shit for nobody. <laughs> That's the thing. He's, he's a corporate Democrat. So corporate Democrats only move when you know, when the money moves them. So that's why they're right for being a uh, primary, you know? So- What's the odds of this like actually panning out the way that you, the way that the people need it to? 50-50. It's not gonna be, trust me, if Bowman wins this race, it is not gonna be a landslide. This dude is a 30 year incumbent, 20 years in that district. So it's not gonna be a matter of Bowman's gonna come in and curb stomp, okay? It's gonna be it's gonna be a tight race. 
And don't forget, uh, Engel is a corporate Democrat, so he has unlimited pockets. So I was going to say, too, just being like, you said 16 district. If that means, like, upstate, that's that's um, also that's also going to be, like, a different breed of New Yorker, you know? He's actually, well, he's actually, he's 17th district. He, was, he started out 16th district, which was uh, the Catskills. Which was upstate. So yeah. what, what's 17th, then? 17th is uh, Westchester. So Westchester. It, uh, mm, uh, but you know what? You know what the alternative name for Westchester is? Feel free to chime in, Ricardo. Uh, but yeah, like I have also heard Westchester referred to as White Chester. So, like I said, I feel it, like there's a certain element present there that doesn't want the AOC tights. Yeah. So but I don't it, know. But it all depends, though. Now, here's the thing. I have the breakdown by race. I don't have the breakdown by age. So if you were talking about older white folks, yeah, they're going to stick with Engel. Engel's 73 years old. He's going to be their guy. But if we're talking about younger voters, younger voters would probably swing toward more toward Bowman because he's pushing things that would help them, especially in New York. You know, New York is a rugged place to live, man, especially if you're only making minimum wage. So... Even I mean, even at that fifteen dollar minimum wage, it's still rugged. Yeah, you know? yeah, for sure. I mean, I mean, little yeah, rental apartments. Several. Right. Yeah, I mean, a one bedroom, one bath, where uh, you know, you can sit on the toilet and put your leg in a bathtub. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, basically, uh, that's gonna run you like what two thousand, three thousand dollars a month. For, for a little tiny apartment where you could stand. With your legs apart at one point in the house and be in every room in your and apartment. not have a bathtub, just have a shower. Yeah. So, fifty square feet. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Where your bedroom is in your kitchen. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> the bed just comes down like an ironing board. So you know what? Uh, it all depends. If, like I said, the demographics I got were just by race, but not by age. If it's a younger demographic, we're talking about maybe you know fifty and under. I can see it going 50-50. But the main thing is, even if Bowman loses, we want Engel to sweat. And here's the thing. Let's just say Bowman loses and he gets, what, 40% of the vote? That's still really good for a first-time uh, first run. You know? Which means that he would be poised to come back and take it again. Don't forget, those reps, their cycle's only two years. In the Senate, it's six years. You know? But uh, if you're a rep, it's two years. Mm-hmm. So so they're constantly in campaign mode. Yeah. So. Because, oh. so I have a question. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I just have a simple question. So, all right, with the candidates nowadays, um, of course, you got Trump out there. Yeah, Biden out there. It's pretty much just saying what it, what it, whatever it is that, that comes to mind. Mm-hmm. You know? So, with the other candidates that are running for different positions, like, would it hurt them if they step out, step outside of that PG well realm, and just pretty much just say whatever comes to mind? It all depends on who they are and where they are, because um, for some, I mean, put it like this: Trump became president because he said whatever was on his mind, and it right. basically resonated with a, with a certain type of people. Now. You figure there are people who don't like that about Trump. 
but they're only they're only a small portion of the Republican Party. You figure if you look at any poll where they talk about Trump's job performance and you look at Democrats versus Republicans, Republicans I love what that guy has to say. Yeah, it's like it's always at 90% or above approving Trump's uh, job rating. So when they talk about never Trumpers or that that's a small percentage of Republicans. And even then, like I said, they're probably just saying that so they don't have to eat dinner at Golden Corral, that they could eat people food on Thanksgiving. So somebody will let them in. So, but Engels uh, Engels in a lot of trouble, but uh, I'll tell you some people who are, who are coasting by uh, the new cast of Black Panther 2. Chuck uh, <laughs> Schumer, Nancy Pelosi. Uh. In their in, in their Jamaica Avenue special kente cloth, you know, I, I know those knees are hurt. I know my knees would be hurting. I threw my back out yesterday, and I got so mad because I thought I had to crawl under my desk to reset my modem because I had a little power outage today, and I was already cursing. So I can imagine Nancy Pelosi. She's like 80 years old doing that knee thing. I know that hurts. And they were and they were down there for like seven eight minutes. They were there, there for the time that that uh, George Floyd was under the knee on, uh, so had totally a knee on his neck. So, so that was eight minutes and 46 seconds, I believe. Yeah. So, I mean, so what's it's, going it's, on here? <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at the image. So, okay, so like right before this picture was taken, they, so y'all know already that I did the slide because of how it's captioned. <laughs> 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 I'm 100% responsible for this slide, but, um, yeah, I right before the picture was taken, there's a video where um, Nancy says that they're going to have a moment of silence to remember George Floyd. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like the kente cloth is what's too kitschy to me. Like, it's it's too extra. I feel like, bruh, y'all being on your knees would have already spoken to that. Like, that's an American movement. That has nothing to do with Ghana, which is where kente cloth is from. I am wholly convinced that uh, Nancy Pelosi visiting Ghana last year had something to do with this. I know, I think they said the Congressional Black Caucus like gifted all the Democrats the can't they cloth to wear. But uh, this is just, this is just so cringy and unnecessary. Like just do the fucking work, yo. Like all of this showboating, all of this lip service is entirely unnecessary like i'm not satisfied with the picture that's why like i hate all of the black lives matter painting on the ground like i don't i don't hate it that's a strong word but it's like okay but now what like that's cute or whatever but like but now what now i i I will say this the black lives matter painting on the ground a dc mayor uh making the the street where donald that's petty that's petty genius yeah (laughs) <laughs> where, she, where, where he did his where he did his his bullshit Hitler photo op mm-hmm. that was that I liked you know and here's the thing I have friends of mine who were not black who actually went to uh, they were at the protest I think they were at the protest on Sunday you know they had they had peaceful protests out in Raleigh and they were out there you know but I I I, I grew up with them I already know they're down so I'm not worried about them in that respect you know but it's good to see people out there you know, uh, shoulder to shoulder. That's the problem that that blacks and whites had coming up after slavery is because they were at a point where they were actually coming together, right? And the people who were, you know, the elites, 
didn't want that. So they did things to drive wedges between them, right? Um, because here's the thing, like for instance, with unions, my dad, I didn't even know this until a few years ago. My dad has been a 40 year union man. He had to sue to get into the union, you know? So it, it wasn't as easy as, oh, I'm gonna apply and get into the union. He had to, he had to sue to get into the union. And it was no hard feelings because the, the son of the guy who he sued was at my mom's funeral. So it was no hard feelings because he was like, look, all I want is my union card. I'm not suing for pain and suffering, none of that BS. Just give me my union card and tell me where I need to be. You know? But if working class blacks and working class whites stuck together in those post-slavery days, the, I'm not going to say none of this would be happening. There, there's always going to be strife. But it wouldn't be this strife. You know? There's always something to drive people apart. And I think these protests are a good way to start bringing people together and let them know. Put it like this. That old man that they shoved down in Buffalo, he wasn't black. A lot of those protesters who were getting beat up by the police on the street, that bike courier that, they, that, that, that like four cops beat up on, he wasn't black. You know? So it's basically, um, we're all in this together. And I think that it, it's hard to say, but this whole Kente Claw thing is unnecessary. Like if they were just kneeling, that I'd have been fine with that. I would have taken, you know? hell, you know what I would have taken even over this? I would have taken like pins that just said BLM on them, like yeah. little custom pins that they could have put right above or below the American flag. Boom. That's like you know what I mean? Like that shows like who you rep without having to compromise your dress code or whatever, because I mean maybe like a Black Lives Matter t-shirt might have been too much. But this is all for show, and that's why I don't appreciate it. Like you're you're insulting my intelligence. Like like I'm not supposed to see this for what it is. Now I I will, I will say one thing. I listen to uh I look, there's a few pundits who I listen to. One of them is um rational national. He's out of Canada. So at least the Democrats did something. You understand? So they they tried to, to unveil some stuff, and I'll probably talk more about it on Saturday because I, I probably want to break it down. Uh, and, and some of these things, if they had been implemented before, would have helped. Like one of them is a registry for cops so that bad cops can't just be transferred to other stations. You know, mm -hmm. remember the cop who shot Tamir Rice the last police station he worked at, they were like, he is not fit to hold the badge of gun. He found another job in another police station. And what was that? In his first couple of days on a job, he kills Tamir Rice. So yeah, and then oh boy, uh, Chauvin, he had eighteen former complaints. So yeah, it should be if you if you are habitually complained against for being too damn rough, mm -hmm. then bitch, you don't deserve your job. Basically. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so I'm with that. All right. Yeah, I look forward to talking more about that but, on Saturday. But you're saying with, with that registry, you're saying that they're being transferred. Their 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 job is they're yeah, not losing so their gonna job. Yeah, so it's going to be one. It's going to be one big database though, so it tracks yeah. all of that. Now, I wouldn't say that they were transferred, right? Let me let me clarify that part of it. I, I may have spoke on that. It's not that they're saying, okay, you're a shitty cop. We're just going to send you someplace else, like you're a like you're a priest being sent over to Nova Scotia because you rape little boys. It's basically they were fired. And then when they get hired someplace else, 
they don't have any record of, oh yeah, you were at this other police station, you washed out because you're psychologically unfit. They're just like, oh, you want to be a cop? Here, here's a badge and a gun. I mean, for How some police possible? department, that's why they want to make that registry. Because in put it like it's this. just like if you if you get arrested in North Carolina for drunk driving, if you go to you know California and you get another DUI there, they're not going to necessarily connect the dots that you got arrested for a DUI in North Carolina. They're going to be like, oh well, as far as this state's concerned, you got an arrest for a DUI. You see what I'm saying? There's not unless it's a federal crime, all the dots don't connect. Yeah, put it like this. I can't get a haircut with a straight razor in this town because you have to be licensed to carry a straight to use a straight razor, right? Um, to be a uh, to be a hairdresser or a stylist, you need to be licensed. And in some states, it takes more uh, more training, lack of yep, a more term, training to be a to be a, a hairstylist. Not taking nothing away from being a hairstylist. I mean, right. ask Tina Turner why she always has to wear those wigs. She lost all her hair because they did that. Uh, what do they call that? Odin? It was a, I think it was a perm. Yeah, they and, it out. and she lost her hair over it. I think it was stress. But go ahead. Nah, nah. Oh. It, was, it was when she was real young. <laughs> she was real young before she was even fucking with like like that. But um, yeah, I also saw like a meme that uh, somebody was saying like, "Get the fuck out of here!" Like I have to go to law school for, you know, four years to interpret the law, but. You know, I guess six once you or four to six years, whatever. <laughs> but you can only go like, but you can be a cop in six months, and you have to enforce it. Like that shit don't even make sense right there. Like if you start doing four year programs, I bet you'll cut down on a lot of the fuckery. But I wouldn't even say that necessarily because when you think about people in the military, those those people uh, are trained to take orders and you know, are trusted with weapons every day and have to make split decisions. And they still don't nearly be killing as many people. Well, their training is a lot more intense. I mean, they live in their training. Like they, you know, they live in those bunkers. They train constantly. So even though they may, I don't know how long basic training is, but it's intense training. Like they, 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 they train from the moment they wake up until the moment they go to bed. So it's not like a cop where you train and then you go home and, and play Nintendo. You know what I mean? You're in that training. And they train and, you know, and put it like this. If you have soldiers who go off, off the rails, they'll turn you in. Like that mm-hmm. that, that war criminal that, that Trump uh, pardoned, his yeah. own people turned him in. They were like, holy shit. That's not, that, that, that's not part of our training for you to kill those civilians like mm-hmm. that. So... And See, that, I don't know. I, that's the thing that kind of confuses me sometimes. Like, because I mean, like like you guys said, I mean, a lot of companies are pandering at this point. They just take advantage of, of this, oh, yeah, absolutely. Of this absolutely. situation that we're in. And I feel like it, this is just simple. Like the, the cops just need to be reprimanded for this particular issue right here. I mean, of course, there's many more stuff that needs to be done. But just for this particular issue, I just feel like it's just simple. Well, my community. Yeah, like that my- football player. Yeah, like that football player. He said, oh, he's going to kneel now. Well, motherfucker, why you ain't kneel before? You know what I mean? <laughs> well, we, you know, we're going to get to that. But we also know, too, like, it's a lot easier to jump on a bandwagon when you're not, when you're supported. And, you, you know, you know everybody's on the same page. Um, but my community, uh, with my sisters in tech, 
like we already peaked because we was like oh so like now y'all want to talk about your we're in this together but bitch can i see your can i see pictures of who's on your executive board oh, okay like you still ain't got nobody at c-suite level that's black oh okay mm-hmm. that's how we I like know that you're full of shit yeah, I like, like that sisters in tech shit. I want to meet some of them ladies. Yeah, baby. I love me some some black nerds now. Lord. <laughs> now you see why I protect that group so fiercely. Jesus Christ. All right. On to the next. <laughs> now, I, I, but before we jump in, and you can leave it here, but um, talk about Trump, right? What we mentioned before about how there's no real never Trumpers, there's only a small percentage of people. We mentioned before about how about Trump's photo op, right? They basically gasped peaceful protesters to clear from the area so Trump could take a photo op because he'd been he'd earned the nickname Bunker Boy because he hid in the bunker when the protesters were pretty much at the gates of the White House. They put him in the bunker and they turned the lights off, right? So when they did that, Trump's pride was hurt, so he felt he had to come out and make a photo op. So there's a church not too far from the White House. And they literally gassed peaceful protests because they weren't doing anything to anybody. They were just, you know, they were just protesting. And basically, they had them gas so we can do his photo op. And then I don't think anybody else really noticed that that Bible that he had. I don't know if it was upside down and backwards. But it was definitely upside down. Like you could tell from the from where the spine was. Like it was just like okay, that's ridiculous, right? I but, feel like one of the um, protesters, I mean, not protesters, one of the um, journalists asked if that was his Bible. And he said, it's a Bible. Yes. <laughs> I was like, huh? You fucking, kind of, like, what? You lie all the time. Like, you like you decided to tell the truth that it wasn't your Bible? Then whose Bible is it? Why are you just holding it? Oh, oh, Somebody had a meme about that picture of Trump, and then the uh, the meme said, uh, "If you take a porn star to a motel, they give you a free Bible." <laughs> but um, they caught a whole bunch of GOP uh, senators and reps, right? I, th- I think it was Sanders because Mitt Romney was there. And as they were walking by, the journalists were asking them, "Hey, was it wrong of Trump to have the protesters gassed?" And they all basically just walked away and they were just like, they were either like, you know, comment or they just walked by and they were like, you know, Mitt Romney was like, well, I, had, I don't really know the situation and, you know, stuff like that. Like, <laughs> they, wouldn't, they wouldn't just come out and just say, it's such a simple question to answer. It's like Ghostbusters, where it was like, if someone asks if you're a god, you say yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like this. It's like, if somebody asks you if gassing innocent people is wrong, the answer is yes. <laughs> It's not that hard. It's a, it's it's two plus two. You know, you can get two plus two wrong if you're two years old. Okay, if you're if you're 70, if you're seventy years old and they ask you what two plus two is, the answer is four. Just say four. Just say it was wrong. Not if you're Joe Biden. <laughs> well, Joe's a different matter altogether. But I mean, Trump will. I mean. Trump will never admit what is wrong, and his people who back him, the same ones who backed him on the uh, on the impeachment, they will never come out and say they're wrong because half of them agree with him and the other half are terrified. Case in point, Trump was at a, uh, a factory that made swabs for uh, COVID-19 testing. 
right? Mm -hmm. Now, Trump is basically now see that picture with Trump with with the swab in his hands. That's basically how Trump was the entire time. No mask, no gloves, no protective gear. And there was a, there was actually another picture, and I should have sent that to you guys. We had like a whole bunch of swabs in his hand. Though the reason why those people dress like that is because those swabs have to be sterile. So he basically just shows up in the spot, no protective gear, just touching everything, coughing all over everything, rubbing his balls all over everything. They had to throw all that stuff out. So all those swabs they made that day, and they and they made less because of Trump's visit. But whatever they made, they had to discard it. You know what's funny about this picture to me? It's just like, like how he looks like he's picking his teeth. He doesn't know what to do with it. He looks like he's using it as a toothpick. Yeah. For those that are curious about what's happening in, in the photo, if you're just listening and not actually watching this on YouTube, yeah, it's this whole... It looks just like when we leave the barbecue joint and you're like... Trying to like get that last little piece of meat out the side, and you're about to hit that, put that uh, toothpick in the middle. Yeah, that looks just like he's getting ready to do that. You know, rap group Third Base, they use a sample in a song called Sons of Third Base. I never knew where they got that sample from. But he says, uh, in the beginning, he says, he is stupid, but he knows that he's stupid, and that almost makes him smart. George Bush, Bush Jr., that is, he knows that he was a dumbass. And people who were around him said that George Bush Jr. knew he wasn't the, the brightest bulb in the box. So he actually tried. I mean, he failed, but he tried. He tried to read up on stuff and read up on briefings, and he really tried to become smarter. Trump, zero effort. No effort whatsoever. He's just, he's just a dumbass, and he figures, you know what? That's my brand. My brand is being a dumbass. People love me for that. I get, I get ratings for being a dumbass. So you figure at a time when there's already a shortage of swabs, right? For testing, old folks homes need these things desperately. How many old folks homes became, you know, makeshift morgues after all those poor old folks started dying of COVID-19? And Trump's sitting there, handful of swabs in his hand, contaminating all with his fucking chicken grease fingers. Jesus Christ, you know? But, I mean, the worst thing about Trump is he says stuff. I mean, there's got to be a point in time. Well, I, I take that back. I will take, I will, I'll walk back on it before I even said it. There are people who tell Trump, yeah, that's not a good idea. And you know what? All those people are fired. So, for instance, I'm pretty sure that when Trump mentioned George Floyd, right, saying that Floyd, that Floyd was happy in heaven, with the, with the slight drop in unemployment that happened in this month's numbers, right? You would think that if somebody was reading that over and they saw that he's mentioning George Floyd and talking about, oh, he'll be happy with the unemployment numbers. You would figure somebody would have been like, yeah, why, why, would you, why would you say that? I know you're the president, but that's fucking stupid. You can't say that. Right. Was he reading off a teleprompter? No, that's, that's that was the problem. Yeah, I don't think so. That that was the problem. I'm pretty sure they had stuff written for him on the teleprompter, but he has a habit of just going off script. He's not a good. Well, put it like this, right? Half the stuff that I say on the show is written, right? It keeps me on point, keeps me from forgetting important stuff. And the other half is just me talking. So if I read something, right, and if I misread it, 
I'll just go back and read it over. Right. So it happens. You know, everybody, I mean, no one's a perfect reader all the time. Trump will read something, he'll misread it, but instead of just going back and rereading it correctly, he'll just say, uh, he'll just call it beautiful. The most beautifulest thing he's ever seen in his life and then just keep moving like he was never wrong. So he's talking about George Floyd saying that George Floyd, it, well, let me, let me put it like this. This is from the Hill, okay? President Trump on Friday declared it a great day for equality and a great day for George Floyd. I'm pretty sure it's not because he's dead. Um, following a jobs report that showed unemployment falling, except for African Americans, and days of unrest sparked by Floyd's death. He said, you know what? Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. I just, honestly, the shock factor, because every time he opens his mouth, I expect it to be bad. Mm-hmm. But as he started this sentence, I honestly thought he was going to say he's looking up, as in to insinuate George Floyd went to hell. I honestly thought that that's what he was going to say. <laughs> I just don't put it past him. And that that's probably what he was thinking or what he meant, knowing him. But I was surprised that he got that part of it right. Yeah. Well, I know Candace. So George Floyd is cool. looking from heaven, and, but he certainly ain't thinking about this guy. Yeah. So uh, Trump said, this is uh, continuing from the Hill, hopefully... George is looking down right now and saying that this is a that this is a great thing that's happening for our country. This is a great day for him. It's a great day for everybody. This is a great day for everybody. He actually said that twice. This is a great, great day in terms of equality. He said he said great a lot. You know, that's how Trump is. He doesn't know a whole lot of words. So he just repeats the ones that he knows constantly. Trump touted a better-than-expected job report which showed unemployment at 13.3% in May after hitting a post-World War II high of 14.7% the previous month. Economists had predicted the jobless rate in May would rise as high as 19%, as many states remained at at least partially locked down to slow the spread of coronavirus. But for Black workers, the unemployment rate was 16.8%, a slight uptick from the 16.7% unemployment rate in April and the highest in more than a decade, according to the Bureau of Labor and Statistics. The jobless rate for white workers declined to 12.4% last month. Now, before I go on, I want to—I want you to remember one, well, to realize one thing. This, I, I just found out about this yesterday. Those job numbers were erroneous. Now, here's the thing. Trump using those numbers, I. Fair is fair is not his fault. It came from the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, but the numbers were wrong. So the jobless rate didn't go down at 13.3. It's more at like 16%. Okay. So, but even if it went down to 13%, that's still high as fuck. That's still high as fuck. And here's the thing about that a lot of jobs that are eliminated are not coming back. So yeah, restaurant jobs are coming back, right? But how much do restaurant jobs really pay? A lot of of the higher paying jobs that were eliminated are not coming back. So right now, I was watching uh, The Hill Rising and they had an interesting statistic. So right now, at this point in time, we have as many jobs now as we had in the year 2000. Which means that all job gains that we've made over the last 20 years, 
gone. So, yeah, uh, and then who's and who's taking the biggest acid back? Um, millennials. So basically, from Generation X up, uh, over the last, God, I don't know, ten years, they've lost a significant portion of wealth. Talk about more for the working class. I mean, the billionaires mm-hmm. are fine; they're always going to be fine. But talking about the working class. They've lost a significant amount of wealth. So Trump just needs anything to cling to, to just say that he's doing a good job. He's a failure. Like I, like I always say, Trump is living proof that if you throw enough money at failure, you can create the illusion of success. But it's basically, it's basically like, look, if I want to make a mask of Ricard, and instead of me getting like a latex mask and then really putting a lot of work into it, I just drew, I tried to draw a card space on a paper bag and just put it over my head and like, I'm the card. And we could just look at it and be like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? That's basically, that's basically Trump right now. He tries to post himself as successful, but he has no successes. And even the ones that he claims didn't happen under his watch, happened under Obama's watch. So he has nothing. Nothing at all. We talked about this on Saturday. Only reason why Joe Biden has a double-digit lead in the polls is because of Trump's incompetence. Mm -hmm. Joe Biden ain't doing shit. Yeah. Joe Biden don't know where he is. Put it like this, in another year, to steal a line from Patton Oswalt, he'll be be in the White House sitting in a waiting pool of his own filth with a pirate hat on. He's not going to know where he is. But Trump is such an incompetent that Somebody who's doing nothing is opening up a double-digit lead. The lead that Joe Biden has is the biggest lead that any presidential candidate has ever had on an incumbent in as far as polls go. Now, there's five months left of the election, which means that there was plenty of time for Democrats to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. Okay? They have plenty of time to fuck this up. You know why? Because that's what Hillary did. Hillary had a big lead on Trump, and she blew it. Yeah, it was basically like the tortoise and hare. Yeah. It was like the tortoise and the hare. Just like, oh, okay, we can can coast now because there's no way people are going to be that dumb. Yeah. To vote for the tortoise, but the tortoise got voted for. The tortoise is in there. Beat the the hare to the finish line. Exactly. Oh, Candace. Without you, I'd have one less suspension from Twitter. <laughs> I, I try not to say ugly things about Candace because I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to throw people off, make them think I'm some sort of like you know, some type of horrible person. But I mean, ah, it's just so hard not to wish bad things on her, you know. And it's always Candace. Always, she doesn't miss the point because she's stupid. Let's just get that part out of the way. She's not dumb. Okay, she just says dumb things because she gets paid to, which makes her evil. If you say all these horrible things just to get a paycheck, you are an evil person. That's basically with no morals, no scruples about yourself. Yeah, I don't want to spend too much time on Candace, but I will say this. Okay, with Candace, um, and you know, we went over what she said uh, on Saturday. We sure did. But uh, but I did want to go over one thing. She was on uh she was on the blaze. And I will say this. 
for any of you listening, ask your conservative friends if they listen to The Blaze. And I guarantee you they'll say no. No one listens to The Blaze. The Blaze is still in business because uh, conservative billionaires pay them to stay in business because they spread the message that they want to be spread. And it's bad enough that, uh, what's his name? Jesus Christ, Glenn Beck. Glenn Beck right now looks like Colonel Sanders if someone dipped his face in one of his own deep fat fryers. So he's got like this white hair now and he's got like this puffy pink face. Looks like he has perpetual sunburn. He looks terrible. He really does. But he had Candace Owens on the show recently and then Candace Owens did a video where she was ragging on George Floyd and talking about his criminal record and all this mm. other stuff and saying that black people are the only ones who and, and another reason why I want to talk about Candace today is because she kind of spilled the tea on this right she basically said in a way out loud what I've always suspected about black republicans right about black conservatives she was basically saying that black people are the only ones who take the lowest common denominator and make heroes out of them, right? I, I don't know what to say about that. And what she did was she went back and she talked about successful uh, African-Americans, right? She talked about, um, I don't know, she, I don't think she mentioned Tim Scott. Tim Scott is the black, uh, the only black Republican congressman in Congress. They ought to just put him in like a Mylar bag, like a comic, and just and just put him away, because they're not going to get any more. He, he's like he's like the number one issue of of Superman. Like they're not making any more. Just yeah. So, but um, she mentioned like uh, she mentioned someone else, but she definitely mentioned um, the the neurosurgeon guy. Jesus Christ. Ben Carson. Ben Carson. So she talked about how Ben Carson was, uh, you know, neurosurgeon and all of his accomplishments and basically rounding up all these successful black conservatives. She mentioned Kanye West and everything and talking about how, you know, uh, we, we consider them to be coons, you know? It's not because they're successful, okay? You being a coon or Uncle Tom or in Candace's case, a bedwench, has nothing to do with your level of success, okay? We don't thumb our nose down at success. We thumb our nose down at sellouts. And being a sellout doesn't mean, um, like for instance, in music, you know, uh, we throw that word around a lot. Like we would call MC Hammer a sellout, even though MC right. Hammer would probably have he's your whole family killed. Not, <laughs> he's just not, and he wasn't, like he was putting black people to work. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, and that's the thing too. But my my thing is like, no matter how you look at it, people people always want to remember people the way they weren't. Like, like death death makes people forget. And we think about like even uh, what's her man name? Uh, Muhammad Ali. All these like white people mourned Muhammad Ali, but. He was not like he was definitely calling them honkies to their face in his day, and yeah. he wasn't with the shit. Like he called out injustices that he saw, and he yeah. spoke out about Vietnam. Like he was like, "Fuck that! I'm not going to fight there." And um, but when he died, it was like a whole different story. Yeah, you know and I'm it. like the same thing with MLK. Like when people try to 
invoke like peace talking about through his name like i'm like but y'all niggas killed him <laughs> what are you talking about you was calling his wife and like making nasty calls to his wife and threatening his kids like what the fuck are y'all talking about yeah this nigga was peaceful as hell marching through selma and everywhere else in the south and y'all put the hoses and dongles on him what are y'all talking about peaceful shit don't work like fuck whatever y'all talking about like uh i'm mm. Yeah, my blood about to boil. Let me be quiet. But I mean, but look at it. it. But 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 look at it like this, right? If someone like George Floyd dies, right? We are not touting him to be a hero because he did all these great things. I mean, the man had his problems, mm-hmm. as, as, as we all as, do. As do a lot of people in this country. No, no one, no one is free from their demons. You know, if your demon is not. Uh, drugs or something like that maybe uh maybe you like to eat too much you know maybe you like to spend all your money on chinese hookers i know that's a very specific thing but that's not anyone i know i got that from the movie um but um <laughs> it's basically everyone's got there you know it's not about the life that he lived it's about the life that was taken away okay the life that was taken away needlessly there was no need for him to die let's just say for instance that he did I, I, I was assistant manager at a record store years ago and some dude on drugs tried to pass us the fake hundred dollar bill you know what happened to him they arrested him that's it <laughs> and I went to court you know to you know he was alive you know they didn't take him out back and kill him because it's not an offense that needs to be uh, that he needs to be killed for they showed video saying that George Floyd wasn't even resisting arrest. So there's no real, there was no real reason for, somebody had a, a post on, um, you know, one of those point counterpoint things. And you know, some white chick with blonde hair. And of course, and she was saying, well, have you ever thought that if you don't, that if you don't commit crimes, uh, the cops won't mess with you? Something to that effect. And then somebody else put uh, as, a, as a answer to that, Breonna Taylor was sleeping. You know what I mean? Like, it it doesn't take much to get killed by the police. Like, we don't need a purity test for fucking police brutality victims. That's not where we have with this. But Candace Owens' whole thing with her becoming a conservative now, and we we know the whole story about her, but she basically, in her whole thing about upholding people like, uh, you know, like Ben Carson, she feels that if you're a conservative Black, that you are just better than the rest of black people like what what are these people what are these uh these trolls right these white trolls that are on uh, on uh, facebook and twitter what do they always say they always say well why you always get mad at, at people like candace owens when they become conservatives y'all just mad because y'all stuck on the plantation you know what i mean like like we're just a bunch of just uh of just field slaves you know, she she gets to have sex with mass so all she wants that that white boy the white boy that don't nobody want and she calls her husband. She can have sex with him. She can have him. I didn't know. I didn't know she was married. Mm. Oh, it's not that I didn't know she was married. I just oh, never hey. cared. I just never cared to look it up. Oh, <laughs> hey, Odie. That's a sexy mm. man right there. Oh, really? You want some of that? <laughs> uh, mm. I, I, I look at it like this. You know, the whole point, I mean, and when she was talking about that, I'm like, now I, now I get it. Like, I always knew it. But she was basically just admitting it. Like, if, if you're a black conservative, you're just better than other black people. 
right? So all the rest of us are just out in the field, you know, cotton thorns in our palms, you know, just singing songs, getting whipped, you know, and she's, you know, she's in the house, you know? Sure, she gets raped all the time, but that's fine. She's not out there picking cotton, right? You know? So, you know, I mean, it is crazy how conditioned we are. I was, I was telling somebody <laughs> about this show about um, you, you ever, you ever so, so, sort of so uh, pumped by Ashton Kutcher? Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. So there was this one episode with uh, Makai Pfeiffer, and um, those who don't know, Makai Pfeiffer is he's he's a um, he's an actor. Uh, he's born and raised in New York, New York, New York, Harlem, to be specific. If you're not familiar with his work, um, he was the leading man in The Boy Is Mine, but go ahead and insult food. <laughs> <laughs> and also the cult classic, Dayton and Folk. But, yeah. That's right. That's right. Um, so, Sorry, I made you lose your train In of this particular <laughs> episode, no, <nah. laughs> but in this particular episode, um, he was on a set. I think it was a show, a movie. I used to film it. Um, Ashton Kutcher, um, he set up the prank to where is that he had police come on the set and break everything up and made um, a cop Pfeiffer uh, the person that was responsible for, for, the, for his brother. Right? Um, so it was it was a it was a boring segment. Uh, Makai Pfeiffer immediately assumed the position and put his hands behind his back mm. while this actor who portrayed a cop was, was pretty much interrogating them, trying to get information out of them. And Makai Pfeiffer, he wasn't saying that. He just automatically assumed the position. Yeah, like he, he already knew what was up. Like, that shit was traumatizing. That shit wasn't comedy. Yeah. That shit was traumatizing. That's, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> so, so we're conditioned, unfortunately, to, to behave a certain way when it comes to authority figures. Yep, yeah. it's, it's right. At, I don't know what age that is. I guess it's based on Tamir Rice. It's definitely before 11, 12. It's sometime in some window, somewhere, black little boys stop becoming cute and become a threat. I don't know what that magic number is. But I would imagine it's based on the evidence. It's probably somewhere around him. Yeah. I'll put it like this, right? Um, you had Michael Mira. Michael Mira is the, I don't know if he runs the union but, or what he is, but he's, uh, you know, from, uh, they had him listed as New York police boss. And he was, uh, he had a heal the press conference today. He was going off in the media. And he's basically like, stop treating us like animals and thugs and start treating us with some respect. Now, this is the, the boss of the cops telling the media because it said that the media is vilifying the police. Let me, let me explain something to you about the police, right? All the videos that we saw over the last, what, two weeks of cops, I mean, of cops just tear gassing. Now, and there's one thing I, I didn't get a chance to look up about tear gas. Supposedly they said tear gas is illegal to use in the war, but New York cops don't seem to run out of it. They always have tear gas, you know, but in a war, it's illegal to use tear gas, you know? Now, I, I still need to back that up. I saw it on a meme. I don't know how true it is, but it, would, it, but it wouldn't surprise me. Now, he's out there talking about how he's proud to be a cop and stuff like that, and, and I responded to it, and I was like, Michael Mira can eat my ass, basically. 
because um, basically we're not afraid of cops because cops are out there in scary clown costumes jumping out from behind dark alleys. We're afraid of cops because cops kill people and get away with it. I mean, why don't we just start telling them the same dumb shit that they tell us? Stop doing things to be perceived as vilified and <laughs> the media will stop covering it. The same way y'all try to tell us, stop doing illegal shit and you all of a sudden won't yep. abuse us anymore. Get the fuck out of here. Exactly. Maybe, stop sh- maybe stop shooting 12-year-old kids with, with toy guns and maybe we'll give you some respect. How about that? Uh, the man on the screen is one of the greatest running backs of all time, Adrian Peterson. I forgot to look up where he was on the all-time running list. You know, uh, oh, no matter. he's cute though. Yeah, he's coming toward the end of his career. How, he's been doing this for what 10, 12 years now, Ricard? Well, I, I keep getting you're more of a basketball person, you're not, an yeah, I'm more a basketball, not in football yeah. like that. <laughs> but, um, right now he's playing for the Redskins, and he did mention that when the NFL season starts, uh, he will be kneeling during the national anthem. Now, you could take it how you want to, I take it like this, you know. Uh, I know some people are not happy about that. And I'm not talking about uh, people who are like, ah, you shouldn't be dashing back to the flag. Shut the fuck up, man. The flag is a is a colored piece of cloth. It was probably made in China. Shut the fuck up with your flag waving horseshit. The people who might be mad are the people like, well, how come when Cap was kneeling, you weren't kneeling with him? Right. Right. Were they teammates? No. No, no they weren't teammates. Okay. You know, I mean, Cap only had one teammate that kneel with him, and there were other people here and there sporadically who kneeled. Right, and and even even a couple of coaches were kneeling, right? But when Cap lost his career, it was done so that to make Cap an example. Like if you don't do what we tell you to do, you're gonna end up like Kaepernick. You're gonna be you're gonna be a footnote in the NFL. Now the problem is, well, one of the things that Adrian Peterson said is, um, like if everybody takes a knee during a national anthem, he's like, what are you gonna do? You're gonna fire us all? Right. And, that, and, and that's, that, that's always been the point. United we stand, divided we fall. What the fuck? That's, that's literally the thing. I, I will say this, and people will not agree with me, and that's perfectly fine. I understand. It's better late than never. It's better now that you make that United stand and let people know what's going on than uh, to end and up like he has another. to do it. He has to do it also, too, considering that the, what's his name, Roger Goodell? I don't know yeah. what his title is, because y'all know I don't, I don't follow football. He, he, he's, a, he's a commissioner. The commissioner, whatever that means. Like, I don't know, but basically the main, <laughs> slave, the main headmaster, whatever the fuck. Um, with his lip service support, I don't know how much actual support he's going to put into it, but right. he's at least said it. And he, so he would look crazy as hell for all of a sudden firing somebody just for taking a knee but the fact that adrian peterson is at the end of his career um based on what you said like you know he's probably just unafraid he's like fuck it like i'm my coins are in a like they're lined up regardless my family's gonna be good um so i might as well go out doing what's right but here's the thing so, being a backup uh, running back in the nfl still gets you a lot of money <laughs> so it's not like it's not money that he would want to just throw away Especially yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but so with that, with with Roger Goodell saying what he said, um, how much of an impact would that cause with NFL players kneeling right now? Since I mean, essentially, like you said, they they having the back the, the backing on the NFL, right? So how much of an impact will it have? Um, granted, like you said, ticket holders they they probably be upset, but 
what, you know, what kind of changes will, 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 will that spur up, I guess? Let me put it like this, man. If, somebody, if you want to give up your season tickets because you mad at somebody kneeling, I'll buy your season tickets. I don't give a shit. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to sit there and, you know, there's always people who are going to be like, well, you know, you shouldn't do this. I'm not going to watch it. They're not going to be hurting for people watching football, especially after that long pandemic mm-hmm. and, and no sports on TV. Yeah, no one's going to be, no one's going to be hurting. You know, they're not going to be hurting for ratings. You know, I mean, Donald Trump can just basically bitch all he wants to about it and all that other no one gives a shit about what Donald Trump has to say. say I mean, they do, but they don't. They do when he, when, put it like this, when he dog whistles his racist buddies to start going after protesters, then we care about what he says. When he starts talking about race and race relations, no one gives a shit about what Donald Trump has to say because they know none of it is true, right? So will there be some effect on it? Yeah, there will be. I'm, I'm not gonna say it's not gonna be no effect because there, there are gonna be people who have their right to protest, but you're, but you're on the wrong side of history. So the reason why that's that's going to be perfectly fine as well, like him kneeling, is because, you know, people are short-sighted and their memories don't work as long as they should. And so what will happen is people will be like, by the time the quote-unquote dust settles and people are on to the next news story, them kneeling again will reinvigorate why Cap started kneeling in the, in the first place and refocus, I think, the attention. So I'm with it. Like, I don't... I'm not mad at him. Like, I, how can you be mad at this? Is my question. If you're yeah, if you're for sure. kneeling, like, how can you be mad at this? Yeah. And when when the NFL starts up starts up again? If they start on time, it'll be just after Labor Day. Gotcha. But I don't. But I don't know if they're going to start on time this year. We'll have to see what goes on. Uh, I know we talked about AOC earlier, and I do want to give up a couple of tweets that she made uh, earlier. Uh, actually, I think it was earlier today. So she says, uh, the grassroots, we need major investments in healthcare, housing, and public education. Conservatives, that's a nice idea, but fiscally irresponsible. You need to state how you're gonna pay for things. So the grassroots says, let's use money from overfunded police departments. Conservatives, uh, not like that. Okay. Not, not from there. Yeah. And then another tweet from AOC. Uh, actually, that tweet was from yesterday. This is from today. Defund means that black and brown communities are asking for the same budget priorities that white communities have already created for themselves. Schooling, uh, schooling, and then she had the the greater than symbol schooling, and then police department on the on the smaller side. People ask in other ways, but we're always told no. How do you pay for it? So they found the line item. Okay. New York, and I, 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 was able, I wasn't able to find out if this was for the entire state or just NYC. Either way, it's still a lot. New York spends $6 billion a year on the police. $6 billion. So I, I wonder how much they spend in Texas, how much they spend in California, how much they spend in Florida or Michigan or Ohio or other largely populated states, right? So the police is basically like the military in that their funding goes up even though crime has been going down. So some people are saying, hey, crime is going down because police funding is going up, but there's no correlation between police funding going up and crime actually going down. In other words, there's nothing that the police are doing that's making crime go down. 
So why are the police getting so much money at the expense of the rest of the budgets? So when they say defund the police, they don't mean um, eliminate all policing, right? What they mean is, hey, some of the stuff that's been put onto the police needs to be put on other departments. So in other words, right? If you have somebody who is uh, mentally ill, right? If you send a cop to take care of that, that cop is probably gonna end up beating that dude to death, you know? Because the cops aren't trained for that sort of thing. They're not trained to de-escalate. They're just trained to uh, solve the problem. They're, they're trained to solve the problem with their batons. They're basically trained, hey, these people are your enemies. You got to keep them in line so you can go home to your family. And, and what's the line that they, what's the line that cops always say? I'd rather be judged by twelve than carried by six. Yep. They train these cops to basically, uh, like they live in a war zone, and that's why they treat people like that. You know. So they're not. So if you have a, a situation that needs a more delicate touch. A mental health professional will be much better dealing in that situation than a cop. So if you want to have a cop to protect that professional, fine, right? And it's not just about uh, those services. Cops in a lot of these cities are eating up money that could be used for services that could help prevent more crimes, right? So put them into jobs programs to help young people work. So this way they'll be off the streets. Put it into better housing. You know, there's so many more places where that money can go. The police departments are overfunded. And what do they do with all that overfunding? They buy tanks. They buy tear gas. They buy riot gear. And then when there's no riots, they got to create riots by tear gassing protesters who are peacefully protesting. The cops are overfunded and their unions are rock solid. I will say this, I, I was giving Bill de Blasio uh, a lot of hell for his tepid response to the police when they were just beating people up, but the police doxed his daughter. De Blasio's daughter was uh, protesting and the police doxed her. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. the, police, the police are scary individuals. They got de Blasio shook. And I don't blame de Blasio because if I was de Blasio, I'd be shook too. Yeah, that's why he that's why he always tells the line and shit. He don't Yeah. Yeah. I don't want those fucking goons showing up at my door, harassing my family. You know, Michael Mir is talking about that we're not thugs, we're not animals. Yeah, you doxed the mayor's daughter. You literally threatened her life. Mm -hmm. And you're not thugs. Get the fuck out of here, Michael Mira, you fucking cocksucker. It's it's basically, you are what you are. You need to be defunded because every time, even under the Obama administration, that's what happened in Ferguson when they tried to put in more police um, uh, reforms, they were rejected outright. They sued to keep those uh, reforms from going through. So now we're at the next stage, which is, yeah, we're just gonna defund you. Because the defund thing is basically because when we tried to do reforms, you didn't want the reforms because you wanted to keep on being thugs. And now we're at the stage where it's like, okay, well, now we've got to defund you. 
And if the people in office won't defund you, we'll put somebody in office who will defund you. So your days of running wild, you know, pushing down Yeah, uh, those days are gonna be over because people are getting hip to it now. They're like, okay, you won't do the reforms? Well, we're just gonna defund you. That's why the healthcare system is, is they're panicking now because Obama gave them Obamacare, which is basically just care. Here, healthcare industry, we'll just force people to take your healthcare. And if you shave a little bit of money off of that, we'll pay the rest. And they still wanted more. So now we're at the point where it's like, well, we want Medicare for all. So all you healthcare companies can go straight to hell and then hell, uh, all the people who used to work for you, fuck it, we'll hire them for work for the government. Now they're panicking. So if they had just played ball before, they'd have been fine. But no, they got too greedy. Same thing with the cops. They, they keep demanding more and more money to buy more and more tanks, more and more tear gas, and then they just kill more and more people. So now, when you say defund the police, they're like, oh, what? We're not supposed to have cops no more? Personally, I'd be okay with it. I mean, taking the law into your own hands right now is safer than calling the cops. Mm-hmm. There's been a few stories where the cops got called on to a crime scene and ended up shooting a homeowner. So it's it's not that far-fetched. It's almost safer to take the law into your own hands. I mean, to become a vigilante like Charles Bronson. Because it's, safe, it, 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 it's safer than actually calling the cops. I will say this about Death Wish. Um, the, the guy who wrote Death Wish wrote it as more of a cautionary tale against vigilantism. And the canon films were just like, yeah, we're gonna turn Charles Bronson to a superhero where he's gonna blow up the Bronx and then just walk just walk down the street and walk away like nothing ever happened. <laughs> Death Wish 3 is one of the most unintentionally funny movies I've ever seen in my life. I've never seen Death Wish 3. Watch it when you get a chance. I mean, I might it's, need to watch it. It's, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's absolutely ridiculous. I'm sure it is. I, I, I'm sure I, it is. But that's fine. I'll, I'll smoke before I watch it. It'll make it that much more entertaining. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, it's a, it's a funny film. Outside of that one scene, it's a funny film. <laughs> All <laughs> right. Well, on that note, if you haven't already, please subscribe to the Urban Breakdown Podcast. Oh, Zeke. And we are available on all streaming platforms, apparently, except iHeartRadio. We are also on YouTube, hence why we have a slideshow to follow along to as you listen. Um, And you can also, if you're off the grid for some reason, listen by flip phone or home phone by calling in to 857-385-7045. I have actually got to test that out because I'm really curious as to how that works. Do I get like a... um, like a library of episodes and then like press one for this episode like how the fuck does that work um yeah but that's who we are thanks for joining us everybody uh we'll see you saturday for our regular urban breakdown show where we talk a little bit more about uh as well as politics in addition to that we'll talk about uh all of the trending topics and hot topics and all that ratchet shit with our friends i guess yeah <laughs> All right. Well, thanks so much for your time, guys. We'll see you next time. All right.